Let the church say amen. From the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Beginning with verse 1. These words you find. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. And just for a few minutes this morning, and this is nothing new, I just think every now and then the body of Christ needs to be reminded. I I want to share this morning, sharing and showing the love of Jesus. Sharing and showing the love of Jesus. And it is necessary every now and then to share even with the body of Christ that we don't deal with folk the way the world deals with folk. There is a way that you and I have been called to deal with people. And there's got to be, there's got to be a difference in the way we deal with folk and the way the world deals with folk. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And we follow his example. The thing that I point out to you this morning is that the life And the teachings of Jesus Christ turned the world upside down. He came, Jesus came to the world as a fulfillment of the law. Because I didn't come to destroy. I came to fulfill the law. He, He came to do what the law was unable to do. It is Jesus who came into the world and introduced us to what we now know as amazing grace. Jesus brought that. He taught that the Bible teaches us that Christ was the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone that believes. He somehow Jesus drew a line between sin and the sinner. Somehow something that happened on the cross. Somehow he, he drew a line, and that there was this line that he drew between sin and the sin. Under the law, it was clear cut under the law. 
it was clear cut how you deal with sin. The law said you offered animal sacrifices. And as we were killing, they were killing bulls and goats and doves. They were offering animal sacrifices for their sins. Somehow, somehow under the law, people got used to it and they knew exactly how to handle sin under the law. You remember that time those men drugged this woman to Jesus? And Jesus, we caught her. Caught her in the very act. And, and the law says she is to be stoned to death. Oh, yeah, we know how to do it. Under the law, it somehow with that, that, we, that we got that down, what the law says and how. But the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ came and freed us from all of that. Matter of fact, here in this book, he is rebuking the Galatians for allowing others to turn them away from that new gospel message they have learned and trying to find a way to mix the gospel with the law. That's, that's what Galatians is all about. That's what this book is. And yeah, there are some folk after Paul has come in, taught them, got them going in the right direction. Some people came along behind him and started trying to mix some other stuff with it. Said, well, we know that you, you, you believe this, but uh, you got to believe this too. And trying to add. And anything that you add or take away from the gospel, are y'all hearing me? And, and uh, yeah, Paul, Paul referred to it as another gospel. Then he went back and said, no, it ain't another gospel. It's a perverted gospel. So here they are. They, 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 these people are, are, are confusing themselves and they have heard this perverted gospel and, 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 and he reminds them in chapter 5 he reminds them that their salvation came through the believing of the gospel message if you're saved you're saved because you believed the good news of the coming of Jesus Christ if you are saved you are saved because you believe the death the burial and the resurrection that's the only way you're saved. That's the only thing that saves any of us is our belief on that. And that message alone is significant to save any of us and all of us without any help from the law. Are y'all hearing me? He reminds them that they had been set free from the bondage of the law and that they were not to ever be entangled again by the yoke of the law. And never again will you turn yourself. After you heard this wonderful, amazing grace message, never be turned again to the bondage of the law. He has already, he's also shared with them that if they walk in the spirit, they will bear spiritual fruit. Are y'all hearing me? That's why when you're saved, you need to start walking saved. When you're saved, you need to begin to walk where saved folk walk because it is then that you begin to bear fruit. You begin to bear fruit of the Spirit, that kindness and, 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 and meekness. So you begin, if you walk with it, 
you began to bear fruit. But here, Paul comes to the end of his letter and he's trying to remind them. He wants to remind them because there's some confusion here. And even in Romans, it was brought up. Okay, so does that mean that if we're saved and we believe in Jesus, we can just sin all we want to? And that answer came in Romans, God forbid, heaven forbid. No, no, no. No, no, no. That, you see, we, we've got to get this thing right. This is, this is where we, we, as children of God, he taught them that we have a responsibility. You're no longer under the law which condemns sin. Yeah, see, law condemns sin, but in the process, the law condemns both sin and the sinner. Are you hearing me? Under the law, under the law, sin and the sinner is condemned. But here is how sin is to be dealt with. If you... Yeah, 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 yeah. The Galatians are confused. We're talking about a gospel message, so what do we do? We just let folk do what they want to do. We're talking about the gospel message, and so the Galatians are, are, are trying to mix two things together. They say, so how do we deal with sin? Do we just sweep it under the rug and act like it didn't happen? Do you just look the other way? Do we just dismiss it? Because we're just human, you know. What do we do with sin? How do we deal with sin? And how do we separate sin from the sin? How do we view? Paul wants them to know, first of all, and please don't get any wrong ideas here. Paul wants all of us to know that sin must be dealt with. Are y'all hearing me? Heaven forbid the church ever gets to the point where we can coexist with sin. Sin must be dealt with. But as children of God, we live by the Spirit. And in the Spirit, there is a manifestation of grace. Anybody ever heard that word? There is a manifestation of grace toward our brothers and our sisters. We believe in grace. Yeah, and my brothers and sisters, uh, that grace, if you are a grace recipient, yeah, and you can tell, you can tell, you can tell folk who appreciate God's grace. Oh, we all sing about it. We all love it. But the way you can really tell if somebody really got it, yeah, is that if you receive grace, are y'all hearing me? Then you ought to be willing. To show, don't let me lose you here. If you have received grace, you ought to be willing to show that same grace. Y'all hear me to, to somebody else. Whenever you find people who are harsh and bitter toward other folk, the problem with them, and especially Christian folk, when you find Christian folk who are hard, bitter toward other folk, always down other folk, they have lost their sense of debtorship. They have forgotten that one day 
Anybody in here remember that you wasn't always saved? Anybody remember that where you are now, you haven't always been there? Whenever you find folks that's down on everybody, they have lost their sense of debtorship. They, they've forgotten where they, they have forgotten that God had to, had to forgive them. That's grace. They're forgotten. And so whenever you find people who, are, who got the chest all out and looking down on other folk about where they are, they've forgotten that God saved them. One day he picked them up and turned their lives. Are y'all hearing me? I got real distressed a few weeks ago. I don't want to, I just don't, I, I didn't touch it then, but I just, I got real distressed a few weeks ago when I heard all of the patter and all of the horrible things being said about a fellow Christian who died. Folk just having all kinds of crazy stuff, just saying all kinds of crazy things. And I, I'm just wondering how in the world can we who understand grace, those of us who understand grace, how can we? The truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, the wages of sin is death. <laughs> And, and, and the truth of the matter is, all of us end up dead. <laughs> Y'all hear me? The wages of sin is death, and all of us, if we're not here when Jesus comes back, we're all going to end up. So what does that tell you? The word is true. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when I look at it just right, I'll have room to talk about nobody. I don't have room to try to point out anybody because the truth is wasn't for the grace of God. Are y'all hearing me? So Paul wants them to understand they, they are trying to mix grace with the law and so they don't know what to do with folk who have sinned folk, when folk do the wrong thing. So what do we do? How do we deal with it? Paul says this. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, brother, if a man is overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. That's the qualification there. Ye which are spiritual. Yeah, that, that some folk ain't got no business fooling with them. But if you're spiritual, y'all hear me? Ye who are spiritual, Paul says, this is what you do. You restore such a one. And then he tells us how to do it. How do you do it, Paul? In a spirit of meekness. That's what Paul says we ought to do now. Take a minute and just unpack that a little bit. He says, brethren, if a man be able, and when he says brethren, when he says that, you know then he's talking to other saved folk. Whenever you see brothers, and that's why we call each other brother and sister, because we have a bond. Yeah, so when he says that, we know right off that he's talking to saved folk. He says, uh, brethren. And, and we, we establish he's talking to saved folk and folk who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and we, which means that, first of all, if they have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, first of all, they are forgiven. 
So Paul, in a roundabout way, uh, really directly, is letting them know when he calls them brethren, he's letting them know that you've been forgiven too. Are y'all hearing me? If you had not been forgiven, I wouldn't be calling you brethren. So he wants them to know right off that you are forgiven. Brethren, you are forgiven, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Brethren. But same line, he makes another revelation here. He says, and this, this disturbs some folk. I don't know why it disturbs them, but he makes a revelation that brethren can also fall in sin. It's right there in the book. Brethren, talking to the people of God, he says, if a man be overtaken in a fault, Saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, but still can be overtaken in a fault. You see, you're saved and you desire to live right and do the right thing, but, but don't ride so high that, that you think sin can't catch up with you. Don't ride that high. Don't, you ain't traveling that fast, that sin. He says... Uh, it takes time to, to notice that his wording. I want you to look at his wording here. He says, if a man is overtaken in a fault, if a man is overtaken in sin, if a man is overtaken, that word oh, overtaken, listen to this, that word overtaken at least gives the impression that the man was trying to get away from it. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? That, that word overtaken. See, see. He wasn't just standing there waiting on sin to come get him. It, it gives the impression that, 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 that somebody's running, trying to run from sin. Are y'all, you ever tried to run from somebody and they overtook you? You ever, you ever, you ever, you ever been in, you know, I know now we don't do much running, but when you were younger. You ever try running from somebody and they overtook you? You were trying to get away from them. They just outran you and they overtook. Are y'all hearing me? So that's what Paul is talking about. Paul, 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 yeah, yeah. Now, if you wasn't trying to get away from it, you ain't being overtaken. Are y'all hearing me? Let, let's, not, let's, get it, let's get it right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you ain't trying to get, if you're standing around looking for something to get into, you ain't being overtaken. You. Are y'all hearing me? But if a man is overtaken in a fault, so we need to be clear what Paul is saying. He's saying that we need to be running from it. We need to be trying to get away from it. And when you see sin, you ought to run the other way. He, he wants us to understand what our responsibility is. But Paul here speaks to the body of Christ, and it tells them, how a brother or a sister ought to be dealt with if they happen to be overtaken. If they happen to be overtaken, he tells them who is to do it. He tells them what to do. He tells them how to do it. And he tells them why they are to do it. Right there in that one verse. Look at the book. Who is to do it? Who is it? Who is it? What, 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 what's to be done? He, he says, who is to do it? He says, if a man is overtaken in a fault, who does it? Ye who are spiritual. 
Paul sets forth qualifications for restorers. Paul says that when people have fallen and people have fallen and, and as the commercials say, can't get up. When they have been overtaken in a fault, there are some folk that don't need to go near them. Y'all hear me? Somebody has fallen down and, and, and can't get up and they find themselves in that. There are some folk who, who need to just leave them alone. Oh, y'all hear me? Paul, Paul put, put it in context. He has just finished talking to them. He just got through talking to them folk. Uh, uh, yeah, about walking in the spirit as, as opposed to walking in the flesh. Read Galatians. He, he's already made a comparison between people who walk in spirit and people who walk in the flesh. And now he goes on to say that the work of restoration is not to be undertaken by those who are walking in the flesh. Are y'all here? Yeah, it's not to be undertaken by those who are fledgling in, in their faith. Yeah. Folk who are in and out of faith, you leave them alone. But this is a job for folk who are spiritual. Are y'all hearing this? When somebody has fallen, they need somebody who is walking in spirit, who walks in the spirit, maturing in faith. Folk who have an understanding of what grace is really all about. And I know I'm right about it. I know I'm right about it. You know, it's just, yeah, and I've been there, done that. Yeah, you know, when you find yourself in the wrong place, wrong time, it is refreshing to have somebody show up who knows the Lord, who walks with the Lord, and who doesn't mind grabbing your hand. Are y'all hearing me? There's a term. It's a term we use now. Term. I don't know, it's sort of, I, I, sometimes we overuse it. It's a term called church hurt. Church hurt. Most times when people use that term church hurt, they're just trying to find an excuse for not doing what they ought to be doing. That's what most of the time it is. But, but sometimes it's because somebody who is not walking in the spirit has come trying to do something they were not qualified to do. Are y'all hearing me? Sometimes it's because somebody who is not walking in the spirit comes to them trying to do what they shouldn't have been trying to do in the first place. Paul says, if you have fallen, Paul says, if you're going to deal in the work of restoration, you need to be walking in the spirit. Now, now you begin to understand. Now, now you begin to understand why it is that you need to live in the spirit, why you need to grow the fruit of the spirit so you can deal and deal properly. So he gives us the who. He gives us who. Now he gives us the what, he says. Yeah, the spiritual, you who are spiritual, but then he gives us the what. When, when a brother a sister has been overtaken in sin, what is the church to do? The right, the, here's what you're doing. Here's the, the right thing to do is to restore them. That's what you do. When somebody has been overtaken in a fault, the mindset of the church, 
The mindset of the children of God ought not be put them out. You hear me? The mindset of the people of God ought not be get your rocks out and start stoning them to death. The mindset of the people of God ought to be restore such and and I know, I know we live in a day when everybody, you know, we got some people who their churches are just so, you know, and they, as Pastor one time bragging about, you know, well, you know, in my church, we don't have all that kind of stuff that y'all have going on over there. All that, you know, uh, marriages breaking up and divorces. We ain't got no divorces in our church. We ain't, matter of fact, we ain't got no sin at all in our church. And I'm thinking to myself, you, that's, that's the reason why is because the culture of your church when folk do have a problem and when they do have a sin, they, leave, they have to leave there and come over to my church. Are y'all hearing me? They, yeah, that's why you don't have any. Yeah, the truth of the matter is in everybody's church, everywhere we are, are y'all hearing me? Yeah, it, let's just be real. Let's be real. Sin is real. All of us can be overtaken, but we've got to learn how we deal with that. Bible says, restore such and one. And then the church, with Jesus as his model in the business, it's in, it's in the business. And it's in the business. The church is in the business of restoring, restoration. We, we can't just sit back and be comfortable when folk are out of fellowship with God. We can't just sit back and just say nothing. They must be restored must be brought back into a right relationship with God. But not only does Paul tell us who's to do it, not only does it tell us, yeah, yeah, what is to be done, and yeah, he, he says how to do it. Look at, look, at, look at this. He says, do it in a spirit of meekness. Y'all hear me? Somebody who's overtaken unfold, somebody who has... Fallen into sin. He says, if you're spiritual, I want you to go get them. But, but it, it matters to me how you get them. It matters to me how you treat them. He says, I want you to do it in a spirit of meekness. They already hurt. <laughs> Y'all hear me? They already hurt. They've already feeling down on themselves. They already have fallen into sin. I want you to restore them, but I want you to do it in a spirit of meekness. Be gentle with them. Y'all hear me? Uh, yeah, as you do it, as you do it, don't, don't do it with your nose up in the air. I, I want you to restore them. I want you to show them love, show them kindness. Restore them, but restore them in a spirit of meekness. That's why you got to walk in spirit because it's only when you walk in the spirit that you grow that fruit called meekness. Oh, y'all hear me? It's only, you, you can't do it unless you're walking in the spirit, unless you're growing and developing that, that spirit of that fruit called meekness. Then Paul Tells us why. Tells us why we ought to do it like that. Why? 
Why should I be so concerned about not hurting their feelings? Why should I be so concerned about trying to be nice and they have fallen in sin? Paul tells us that right there before he closes. He said, here's a good reason to treat them nice. Here's a good reason to be. He said, considering thyself. <laughs> Y'all seeing that? That's why you ought to show kindness. That's why, that's why you ought to put your arms around people and, and show them kindness. He says, uh, the reason why is uh, because you need to consider how you would want somebody to treat you. Yeah, you need to consider how you would want to be treated if it was you out there considering thyself, lest thou also. Is that in your book? He says, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Paul is saying the reason why you need to be careful, the reason why you need to be deal carefully with those who fall is because the next time it might be you. Oh, y'all hear me? The reason why I need to deal with them so carefully, the reason why I need to show them kindness is because I don't know when my day is coming. You ought to consider how you would want to be treated when or if you fall down. Paul goes on in verse 2 to give them some more instructions about their relationship with each other. He wants the church to know we, this is the way the church treats each other, how we do it in the church. He says, bear ye one another's burdens. Y'all hearing me? And so fulfill the law of Christ. Y'all hearing me? I know the other law. I know the law said eye for eye, two for two. I know the law says stone both to death. He said, but fulfill the law of Christ. He says, what I'm teaching is that you bear one another's burden. Paul wants you and I to know. Paul wants you and I to know that, that a true Christian cannot stand by and watch a fellow laborer struggle with a heavy load all by themselves. Are y'all hearing me? There's something seriously flawed about your faith if you're not affected by the struggling of another brother. Something is seriously flawed in your faith if it doesn't matter to you that your brothers and your sisters are struggling. And it really doesn't matter what the weight is. You ought to be able to feel what your brothers feel. You ought to be able to feel what your sisters feel. Yeah, we've got to learn how to bear one another's burdens. You're a child of God, and you're not bothered by the fact that your brothers and sisters don't have food to eat. Something wrong with you. If you are, if you are a brother or a sister, if you are part of the body of Christ, and it does not bother you to see that your brothers and sisters are being mistreated. Something wrong. There's a flow in your faith. If you're not bothered when brothers and sisters carry some oppressive weight, a weight of spiritual failure, a weight of temptation, it's something wrong if you can just watch that and it doesn't affect you one way or the other. word says, this is what the word says. The word says, and that's what bear one another's burdens is. The word says you ought to get under that weight with them. 
that's what that's what bear one another's burden. I know it's a cute word, and, you know we we talk about it, but that it th- that word actually means that you need to get on whatever it is they under. You need to get under it with them. You, you need to help them. Are y'all hearing me? You need to yeah yeah you need to get down under it with them. Bear ye one another's burden. Notice now, notice now, not those who are spiritual. The instruction right here in this, in verse 1, when it comes to restoring folk, only spiritual folk do that. But bearing burdens, yeah, that that qualification ain't there. If you saved, are you hearing me? Yeah, Yeah, all believers can get involved in helping somebody bear their burdens. Paul says when, when we do this, we fulfill the law of Christ. When we, when, we, when we can restore and when we be about the business of restoration, when we are about the business of bearing each other's burdens, Paul says we are fulfilling the law of Christ. What is that law? What is that law? What, what law is that that we are fulfilling? Glad you asked. John 13, 34. Jesus says, and this new commandment I give to you, that ye love one another just as I have loved you. you are, are y'all hearing me? Just as I have loved you, uh, you are also to love. That's the law. Are you hearing that? Now, you want to talk about the law. That's the law of Jesus Christ, that you love one another just like I have loved you. You see, the truth of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, uh, yeah, the reason why he wants us to do that is, uh, and the reason why I ought to be able to do it is when he found me. Anybody remember that day? Oh, when he found me, I wasn't standing up here. Y'all hear? When he found me, I, 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 I was lost. When he, when he found me, uh, I, I was not just overtaken. Uh, I was shackled. Are y'all hearing me? I'm just talking about where it used to be. I know you don't remember, but I remember. I was shackled by a heavy burden beneath a load of guilt and shame. But I thank God that although I was down and out, he touched me. I wonder if I got a witness up in here. Somebody that ain't ashamed to tell the world that where he brought me from. Oh, I know, I know. You see where I am now, but nobody but me knows where he brought me from. But as low as I was, he touched me. He loved me anyhow. That's what he calls us to do. Love me anyhow. Yeah, you're out of the ark of safety, no God on my side, but he loved me anyhow. I wonder if I got some folk up in here that have made up their minds, I'm going to love anyhow. I, I see where you are. I know you're down and out, but I love you anyhow. How much, how much, how much, how much did he love us? He bore our burdens on the cross. That's how, that's how much. While I was still a sinner. Bore our burdens on a cross. That's what the cross is all about. Jesus bearing all of our sins. Are y'all hearing me? 
You want to know what was on that cross? All of our sin on that cross. My God, my, my, my sin alone was enough to weigh anybody down, but he carried the weight of the world on that cross all the way up to Calvary's hill where he suffered, bled, and died. But I thank God he got up early Sunday morning. All power, all power in his hands. You all who've been around a while, you know that my favorite line of my favorite hymn says, my sin, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole. This is the part I like. You want to know where my sins are? You want to know where my sins are? They are nailed to the cross. Somebody ought to shout. They are nailed to the cross and I bear them no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh my. Children of God. Because if you live long enough, you're going to need somebody to show you his amazing grace. And the older I get, the more I realize that his grace is amazing. I realize that it's, his grace is amazing. Saved even me. So today, I want to extend that same opportunity. Anybody in the house who does not know him, anybody in the house who has not accepted him, I want you to know that he will and he does look beyond your faults and see needs. And if you're unsaved, your need today is to be saved. Your need today is to have a savior. So if you're here today, if you're here today unsaved, let me invite you to come. If thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Be unsaved.